Whether you call them 18-wheelers, tractor-trailers, or semi-trucks, they're an iconic image of the open road. But have you ever thought of a big rig as an edge computing device? Or about the way the data they transmit and receive could reshape our cities? The folks at Navistar, they really, to me, just had a moment of insight. The notion of looking beyond the tractor, looking beyond and into the product. So you have a company that specializes in manufacturing diesel engines and chassis and electronics and understanding how to build equipment so that it performs often for more than a million miles without needing major maintenance. And then you have this new element, which is software and analytics for software and the analytics of how a particular product performs by itself. And then the analytics of how it performs in comparison to others. That's a whole new skill set. It has nothing to do with optimizing the performance of a diesel engine or understanding the stresses of building a truck chassis. But those software analytics skills now have become potentially a differentiating skill in the manufacturing distribution of over-the-road Class A tractors. Welcome to Future Enterprise, a brand new podcast series from the thought leaders at IDC. I'm your host, Joe Pucciarelli, Group Vice President and IT Executive Advisor. On this episode, I'm excited to bring you a special panel discussion on the future of digital innovation. IDC defines digital innovation as an organization's ability to rapidly develop its own software to reshape their industry with digital and digitally enhanced products, services, and experiences. And one of the people helping to lead that charge for us here at IDC is Al Gillen, Group Vice President, Software Development and Open Source. Hi, Al. Hi, Joe. Glad to be here. Al, before we greet our guest from Navistar, maybe we could just set the stage and really quickly go over the four pillars we've been talking about when we're discussing digital innovation. I'd love to, Joe. So when we think about how the industry is changing, we think about the nature of how how development is being done at enterprises. And there really are four stages or four pillars that, that take place as, as enterprises are building a software. And some of these are, are, are traditional things that have been done for a long time, and some of them are relatively new. So the notion of planning for software, so you, you always have a plan for what the objective is, what the software is going to do when it's done. And you've got a development stage where you actually build the software. And those are pretty well, pretty understood things. But what's happened and what's changed in the industry in recent years is we've got two new pillars. One is that we have an opportunity to source software, meaning that customers are bringing in software from either from uh, places like GitHub or from Stack Overflow or other sources for software code that they're integrating into their applications. And then the other thing, which is really fascinating, is that we're finding many enterprises today are beginning to look at the need to distribute their software, meaning much like an ISV historically has distributed software, these enterprises are making their software available to other people. That's great, Al. Thank you. Now I'd like to bring in the third part of our special panel discussion. I'm pleased to introduce Julie Raglan, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Navistar Incorporated. Thank you for joining us, Julie. Hey, good to be here, Joe and Al. Julie, trucking is an industry that most people probably wouldn't think of as high tech. But a few years ago, you rolled out a telematics software solution and service that instantly forced the competition to play catch up. Tell me about on-command connection and how it created a competitive differentiation in the market. Yeah, so on-command connection has been out in the market four or five years, as you said. Uh, We created this as a platform. We knew that our customers were operating a variety of trucks, our trucks, including our competitors' trucks, and they were transmitting data off of those trucks from a vast uh, array of different telematic service providers. And it was impossible to get any intelligence out of that disparate data. And so the 
vision for on-command connection was to create an open architecture platform whereby we could ingest data off of all makes of vehicles, off of a variety of different telematic service providers, and then actually apply some pattern recognition and recipe generation capabilities to help our customers understand the data that was coming off their trucks and understand the action plans that they needed to put in place around that. Uh, So that was really um, the key step for us was to get to this place where we had an open architecture platform and our customers could see the entirety of their fleet in one place. Julie, can you possibly take us behind the scenes on this product? I mean, how did the idea get its start and where did that initiative originate from? Was this IT led or was it driven by other people within the company? Yeah, I think it was really a combination. There definitely was a vision in the service organization. Uh, We have a lot of our customers, uh, they were struggling to understand the um, information that was coming off of our trucks. And so our our organization that, you know, helps service our trucks and keep them on the road really saw the need. And certainly uh, the IT organization stepped in as it related to try to help deliver the platform and the architecture required to scale you know, and, and to move out beyond sort of experimentation and prototyping into a set of capabilities that could scale across a multitude of customers, platforms, and makes. I More recently, the generation of idea in our organization has been really now moving beyond the idea of these telematics devices being aftermarket devices, which are installed by customers. And now we are delivering our trucks with uh, telematics capability embedded directly into the vehicle as it leaves the factory. And uh, for a couple of reasons, we, we do this. One is, you know, we now have the capability with these new devices to initiate a two-way conversation between ourselves and the truck. Before in the aftermarket space, data was coming off the truck in a one-way and, and now we have the ability to actually send instructions, reprogram parameters, and modify the performance of the vehicle through communication back to the vehicle. So that was an important next step for us as it related to the communication portal on the vehicle. But even more importantly, what we now have is uh, edge compute power that is embedded in the truck. So Julie, can you give us a brief description of the underlying technology that makes OCC possible? Well, I think... Primarily, what we have with OCC is is an open API architecture. So uh, we've structured the data ingestion portion to be API-based. So it's very easy for us to add new telematic service providers as the um, technologies change and shift. We pull data in off of the vehicles into a cloud landing zone. And then we actually um, ingest that into Hadoop architecture, which is on-prem for us right now. And then over the top of that, we've got layered analytics as well as some applications, which pull uh, data out of that data lake and surface it up into actions that our customers can take in terms of maintenance or repair that they need. So, Julie, you you just used a term I've never heard before. You described a cloud landing zone. I just love the visual picture. Could you take a moment and explore that for us? Yeah. So what we have going on is, you know, we needed to find a place, you know, and it, it's essentially, it's an Azure portal or, or a landing zone, we call it. Essentially, it's a place, a secure place where for each telematic service provider, they can securely put their data in a place where we can then so go and securely get it. Uh, so it, it 
provides us with the ability to wrap some cybersecurity around the, the transmission and just make sure that the handoff is clean between our on-command connection system and the data that we're ingesting. Julie, uh, you know, this is fantastic. For the folks that are listening to this, this, this podcast, topics like APIs and telematics and Hadoop, is something that means a lot to them, but I suspect that those are not necessarily the terms you would communicate to your customers and your dealers. Uh, you know, so when you talk to them, what is the value proposition you describe to the customers and your dealer network? Yeah, so one of the most important conversations we try to have with customers is the total cost of ownership proposition that we have for our vehicles. And there's a lot of components of that cost calculation, but one of the most important is uptime. In other words, the number of hours that the truck is able to be on the road and providing value. And this particular capability is extraordinarily important for us in delivering on that uptime promise because it is the means by which we can monitor our vehicles and the other vehicles in their fleet, provide early warnings when we believe that the the vehicles should be maintained and, and allow the customer to choose maintenance windows, which uh, minimize disruption to the shipping schedules. It also allows us to refine and perfect our stock and part keeping models and inventory levels uh, based on the fact that we know where vehicles are. We know what might be the most likely repair required, um, and we can then instruct our parts distribution centers and dealers to hold the appropriate parts so that when the vehicle shows up, it's ready. This is great because we actually got in touch with one of your dealers to find out how OCC has affected his business. Coming up, we'll take you to Birmingham, Alabama to hear from Southland Transportation Group's Reynolds Boyd. You're listening to Future Enterprise, a new forward-thinking podcast from IDC focused on how data and technology are reshaping the workplace, applied intelligence, and software. I'm your host, Joe Pucciarelli. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to subscribe or like wherever you get your podcasts. For the very latest digital strategies for business and technology leaders, you can visit IDC.com. So several manufacturers had proprietary telematics that was working uh, that allowed them to see one specific OEM, see the fault codes. But again, it only worked for that one specific OEM. So they didn't allow a customer to standardize when they had a mixed fleet. OCC did solve the issue of allowing you to see all makes, all models, all fault codes across your fleet, regardless of make or model. And it even allows you to blend different telematics devices that are already on the trucks. For us as a dealer, it allows us to engage the customer better. It allows us to not sit across the table from the customer, but get shoulder to shoulder on the same side of the desk and work with them. And I use desk. I mean, most of the guys that I deal with are technicians, mechanics. They simply want to know what's wrong with the truck and what we need to do to fix it. So we partner up much more closely with our customers in providing that level of support. It also allows us to drive some business back to us with regards to parts and service and developing, you know, repeat customers. It's really not a downside to it. It moves shoulder to shoulder for support between the customer, the OEM, and whoever the service provider may be. It integrates all three parties to see the same data. So it's very transparent. That was Reynolds Boyd, the Director of Customer Uptime for the Southland Transportation Group in Birmingham, Alabama. 
Great to hear his perspective, but let's broaden it out and try to understand the implications by going back to our special panel. Al Gillen, our Group Vice President, Software Development and Open Source here at IDC, and Julie Raglan, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Navistar. Al, let's start with you. What do you take away from what Reynolds just told us? Really what we're hearing is we're hearing how software is bringing value for, for customers, for the, for the dealers and for the end users. And, and I think that that's really what the future of digital innovation is all about. So Julie, in your earlier comments, you had mentioned that you started out with a one-way data transfer and you now have the ability to, to push data back down to the vehicles as well. Uh, what does that allow you to do differently and how is that likely to expand going forward? Yeah, so I think initially our, uh, you know, the reason we needed this capability was very specifically to start to manage our engine calibration process through an over-the-air reflashing capability. So this was very important to us as we wanted to eliminate the need for trucks to visit the shop in order to get an engine uh, calibration update. In addition to that, we have also placed in the hands of our customers the ability to set some programmable parameters, which might, for example, delimit speed if the truck is traveling in certain zones or regions where uh, speed or acceleration might be a limiting factor in terms of the driver behavior. So that was the initial uh, vision or, or use case that we rolled out for that capability. But what I mentioned also is, and, and we do see that that capability will continue to expand as we see more and more components of our truck are digitized and are driven by uh, software and software capabilities. And as you can imagine, uh, that is coming at us very, very quickly. And more and more of our suppliers are now needing that capability. And so this uh, becomes then the communication gateway whereby we then can control that kind of uh, software updating, which is incurring on the componentry of our vehicles. I mentioned, we also have the vision for edge compute power. And so we do start to see that not only is the device going to host the software that drives certain capabilities in the vehicle, but also in, in future can become a hosting platform for software that our customers or telematic service providers need to put onto the vehicle. You know, Julie, as I, as I listen to you share with us the technology that you're embedding in your equipment, it makes me smile because what I'm thinking to myself is I'm, I'm listening not to a technology executive, but to a business executive who's using technology to achieve business outcomes. And it, you know, really what it makes, what it makes me think about is how has the role of your team, the IT side of the business, changed in interaction with the executives and the product planning activities today versus the role, say, 10 years ago? Yeah, I, you know, I think, Joe, you talk about that. And, you know, for years and years and years as IT professionals, we sort of had this self-examination of ourselves as professionals and how do we find a seat at the table? And I think the convergence of massive digitization and the speed at which businesses need to react has really forced IT out of that kind of aspirational mode and into being able to really step up and, and live that. And certainly in my organization, the way we try to achieve that is we try to ensure that every major function or business area of our um, company has someone in the IT organization who's partnered with them and, and trying to help them think through the art of the possible and to see um, these technologies that are out there, some of which are, quite honestly, not necessarily 
you know, they've been around for a long time. Our company hasn't necessarily seen them, but really to just create this idea that technology has the potential to propel our organization forward and to transform the way we operate. I have to tell you, Julie, the art of the possible. I love that expression. And I love how you 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 link that to the the organization moving forward and succeeding. You know, we've talked about the past and the present. Now it's time to look at what's coming down the road, so to speak. We reached out to a Navistar customer in Oak Brook, Illinois, to get his thoughts on the future of digital innovation. Here's what Jerry Mead from Hub Group Incorporated thinks about where things are headed. I tell you, when you go back years, just some base data that was out there for use. And then you go today and, and you look at, and as long as you know your key fleet matrix and what you want to track with the data so you don't get data overload, today's trucks can give you life cycle cost or even total cost accident frequency, utilization, parts and labor cost. Uh, you know, there, there's a myriad of data or what I like to call a treasure trove of data coming off these trucks. So, so, so I tell you, when you think about where it started and you think about really the digital transformation or big data analytics that, that's really coming, to me, it's going to go to where you're going to enable both panoramic and granular insights, right? So you look at telematics of today and then you think about where we're going and what's possible. And really, at that point, you get into the intelligent transportation systems that, that you hear or smart cities that are being talked about. You know, there's a myriad of possibilities from an accident, traffic rerouting to, to stop congestion, because you see the, the major choke points for trucking, which cost us billions of dollars each year. And then the obvious is autonomous. You're going to need all this data. You're going to need the vehicle to vehicle. You're going to need even the coupled vehicle to talk to themselves. Uh, to identify certain failures on that box that's sitting behind the truck to be able to get to autonomy. But it, in, in the end, you can talk ITS, smart cities, or autonomy as being, that, that's where I see this data go. Wow. A myriad of possibilities, the art of the possible. These are some really exciting possibilities. That was Jerry Mead, the Executive Vice President of Equipment and Maintenance for Hub Group Incorporated. But let's get back to our panel. Al, Julie, any reflections on what Jerry had to say? Yeah, Joe. I mean, what we're hearing is is really a a vision for how the interconnectedness of the world we live in starts to allow each individual component or element or device in this world to start to have awareness of what's around it, what it can do, what it cannot do, how it can resolve problems or resolve challenges that it may face. I mean, this this is really... Uh, you know, this is really the future of what we're looking at here, Joe. It's just simply stated. Joel, in terms of the on-command connection and how it's evolving and the emergence of smart things, you, you talked about the IoT, you know, the IoT, the Internet of Things and the devices that are, are no longer necessarily part of the, uh, the, the vehicle itself, but rather maybe included in the trailer or maybe included in, in roadside uh, locations or something like that. How are all these things impacting the transportation logistics industry overall? Well, I think, first of all, the major impacts that we know are coming to our industry are the massive demands for electrification and autonomous vehicles. And both of those uh, technology innovations are creating a demand for information that's uh, far beyond what we have dealt with in the traditional diesel-powered or gasoline-powered vehicles. So as we get ready for 
the flood of data that's going to come to us in order to support that technology innovation in our industry. And that is the place where we are headed with this capability, which is embedded in our vehicles. And so it is a tiny step toward knowing that we've got you know, a data demand and a compute processing demand, which is just going to, you know, our current capabilities are just going to be dwarfed by what we need to respond to and what's coming at us. So, Julie, we've talked about cloud landing zones, the art of the possible, a a truck as an edge computing device. I mean, you've you've really stretched my perspective here. So I've got to tell you, it, it has been a really fascinating conversation. But before I let you both go, it's time for the lightning round, where you each get 30 seconds to share some parting wisdom. Julie, you're up first. For your counterparts in the industry, IT executives who have the technical capabilities to make a difference in their company's core products, but haven't done so yet. What's the urgency and importance of them applying technology to improve their company's offerings? And where do they start? Yeah, I think really the conversations start with having the right relationships in the organization and inviting those uh, leaders to, uh, you know, in in my organization, we invite them to places and to other companies to see what they're doing. And really using that exploration process as an opportunity to stretch the mind and to think about solving problems in ways we never have before. And it really doesn't even need to be inside of our own industry. It can be within industries that are maybe a couple generations ahead of us in terms of understanding and valuing the way that digital capabilities transformed uh, what they deliver to their customers. So it, it starts with relationships and it starts with that invitation to go and explore. Okay, Al, now it's your turn. If there's one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from this discussion, what would it be? Yeah, Joe, I, I think that this is an illustration of of how to take a a product that you know from the outside may not look like a high tech product and demonstrate how technology can really make the product better. So Navistar has put pro- has put software into its product, so into the vehicles, but it's also brought software to surround the vehicle and allow its customers and its dealers to monitor the vehicle and to interact with the vehicle. And it just demonstrates how that larger ecosystem works when you have a smart device in the middle of a, of a smart set of software applications. You know, this may be a given example in the transportation slash logistics industry. However, I think that there's a lot of parallels for other industries and you could go right down the list. You could go, so for example, take the resource industries where you've got mining or oil extraction or gas extraction, things like that. There's places where there can be similar levels of automation and as well as autonomy built in there. But the same thing holds true for things like healthcare and retail and banking and finance, where using software to improve the base product and then surrounding that software with additional software that allows you to monitor and manage and oversee it, it, it just demonstrates how you can bring a whole new level of value to the customer. And, and you know, Al, I think for me, what makes this particular discussion so impressive is that the answers for Navistar were not inside the four walls of Navistar. They were listening to their customers who are struggling with incompatible, you know, software platforms on their various trucks. It was Julie having the vision to bring her business colleagues to focus on technology capabilities outside the organization. And then finally, it was envisioning a truck as an edge computing device 
with a future of hosting other software platforms on it. So a, a really different and exciting way to think about the problem. My guests today have been Julie Raglan, the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Navistar Incorporated, and Al Gillen, Group Vice President, Software Development and Open Source here at IDC. My special thanks to you both. I'm Joe Pucciarelli, and this is Future Enterprise, brought to you by IDC. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed today or in any previous episodes, you can find our latest insights at idc.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at IDC. Bye for now.